The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff 02920 483 615. Welcome along once again to the uh, Cardiff City phone-in, first one since uh, before Christmas. And nice to get up and running again. And on the panel tonight, we got uh, Richard Davis with a very fine looking Cardiff City shirt on there. Hello, Richard. Thanks for joining us tonight. First time on the show, which is which is always good to get new people on the show. And um, we always enjoy your your input when the show's going out live. But of course, you know, it'll be slightly different, but you, you can you can beat us to the chase in, in real time. So that'd, that'd be good. Um, Paul Mohammed, welcome to you. Uh, thanks for coming back again. Happy New Year and all, all that stuff. Good evening. Happy New Year to all. And uh, Sam Hancock, um, second year BA sports journalism student at the University of South Wales. Hello, Sam. Welcome back to you too. Oh, yeah, thank you. It's good to be back. Um, Sam, I just ask you first. Did you did you manage to get to um, any of the most recent uh, city matches at all during the break? Uh, I went to Bournemouth away on Thursday night. Okay, tell me what your thoughts were. It seems to me that there was a fairly uh, daft sending off just before half time, and that changed the nature of the match. Was that how you saw it? Well, yeah, because I thought we started quite started sorry quite brightly. Um, mm. I thought we looked relatively threatening. Kiefer had. Two really good chances, which he definitely should have put at least one away. I would have thought, but um, we were never expected to have much of the ball against at the, at the time to, uh, top of the league. But um, I thought we give a good account of ourselves until Bakuna just decided to take someone out for no apparent reason. I, I'm not sure what his thinking was behind the technique of the tackle in particular. He could have just pushed him over, and he probably would have got a yellow. But instead, he went for a, a scissor in motion, which I thought. Well, I just don't understand what his thought process was, and it just changed the tide of the game. And then when you're 10 men away to top of the league, you're going you're to struggle to get hold of the ball, really. So yeah. that's just, I, I feel the pattern of the game just, was just seemed to backs against the wall for the rest of the match. Had you been surprised to see him picked at the beginning? I, I thought he would opt for three in midfield because of the quality of the opposition, and maybe you'd have a better chance keeping the ball. Personally, even though I'm not a massive fan, I would choose Paco Bakuna because I feel like he just looks like he wants to be there more, to be quite honest. I, I don't think Bakuna, I just feel like he goes through the motions in 90% of the games I watch him. Had we kept 10 men, we might have got, come away with maybe a point, if not all three. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a pattern, Richard. Um, you know, it looks like the, luckily the Aiden Flint one's been turned over. It was Sean Morrison for three games. Then it was Bakuna. And we haven't, we haven't got the biggest squad, really, have we, to afford people being sent off and banned? No, I, th- I thought um, sort of like Morrison sending off against Sheffield United kind of turned the game more in their favour. Although, really, like truth be told, they should have been probably out of sight by the by the time we we scored up. You know, we went one 0 up. Um, Bakuna, it was just like a ridiculous challenge. I mean, the reaction of the player, I think that didn't help things as well. But you could see what the referee saw. The referee saw him coming from behind, and you can't tackle from behind these days anyway. And he was nowhere near the ball, you know, and it's um, and then then we had Flint, the incident with Flint at the end of the, the West Brom game, but thankfully that one got overturned. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, discipline is costing us, but but you don't expect it. You, you from experienced players, I think Morrison, like he got caught, and to be honest, I think Sean Morrison probably a couple of years before he would never been sort of like turned inside out by Billy Sharp. Bakuna, he's just, he's an enigma. 
of a footballer. We don't have, we've never seen the best of him. He had, a, he had yeah. one good little bit of a spell when we came back from the first sort of like lockdown. We played when yeah. against Leeds, and, and you know towards the, that run for the playoffs, he was he was he was excellent. But we've never seen we've never seen the best of him, and he he just doesn't look interested, to be honest. And and that's disappointing. He's on he's on big money. He's on a long contract as well. You know, we've we've got him for another eighteen months. What do the club do? Do the club do what they've done before, and they, you know, you pay him off? Yeah, they've got well. They come to know. come to a negotiation and and mm. get shot. Maybe what uh, uh, Paul? Do you think that you know? Are we at that stage with with Leandro Leandro Bacuna? He's just one of those players. You know, I'm not, I can't say hand on heart. I still don't know what his best position is, really. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I don't know if he's ever he's ever had a run in his best position because to me I think I think he's a central midfield player. Yeah. Um, he, he he played a lot of right back, didn't he? And the, he, uh, most managers have picked him. Um, he, he played a bit at right back. I'm not sure if our system suits him either. And I, I just think that he's he's I, I, huge ability. As a football, there's something in there with Bakuna, but I think you have to have the right. I think he's got to feel comfortable and be in the right environment and the right side and the right system and everything going right. And it, he's just one of those players. I think that it's just everything has to go right in a relegation battle in the championship where you need players working. Hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but we've got such a thin squad with such little yep. experience that he. I mean, I'm sure the club would move him on with any offer because all, all because of the way the the club is being run at the moment. I, I'm pretty sure that him being one of the big earners with 18 months left on his contract would be, uh, they would be very, very happy to to get an offer for him that um, that to uh, to sell him. But whether that would would come with uh, matching what his wages are now is probably very unlikely. So yeah. he would be one of the players I think you'd have to persist with. Um, and and hope that uh, we could find the system that suits him because I really think he, he, him and Rawls, if if we were playing four four two, which looks like we may have to now with um, yeah. with with Ryan Giles going back to Wolves, yeah, he does come back or not? I think we've got a lack of wing backs, and this five three two may may revert to what we've been doing in games going to four four two, and then if you've got Rawls and Bakuna as, as a centre too, I think that could work, but. Let's see. Yeah, he's 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 one of those players, Sam. Maybe you're the City fan who sees something in him. Maybe you are, but I don't. You know, he just seems to leave people cold. You know, doesn't he, uh, Bakuna? We don't spend the whole time talking about him, but I almost feel like um, I'm frustrated by it because I, I I think there must be there must be a decent player in there, or the or the manager would, wouldn't wouldn't keep picking him. But he's just so frustrating, Sam, isn't he? Yeah, and it's at the point now where. I don't think it benefits anyone when he plays because everyone just moans and groans when he gets the ball. Yeah. Um, we, we don't particularly gain anything from watching him play at this point because he doesn't seem to uh, want to try. And and he just gets dogs abuse on uh, on Twitter all the time. And I just feel like either car losses one way or another because it's just there's no benefit to this um, sort of relationship between the club and Bakuna at this point. So I need to start integrating players like Sam Bowen back into the squad and he's just uh, taking up a spot for the youth that need to be integrated in. So I just feel like the sooner the better uh, in the case of him leaving, I think. 
So on the weekend, of course, in the, in the cup match, he wasn't, I think he was even in the squad. There were quite a few players on the bench. So I don't know whether that means, um, uh, I don't know, Richard, is, is he being saved for the next league match yeah, or is it just suspended. absolutely out of the picture? Yeah. Or, of course, I, I a suspension, the, sorry, with the FA Cup as well, of course, that, that kind yeah. of, yeah. so, of course. Sorry. I, I think with the, I think the cup game, I thought it was quite useful um, to, you know, to use a lot of sort of like the squad players, bring them in, get, yeah. get them some sort of like much needed sort of like minutes under their belts. I didn't think we played too bad. I didn't. I think both teams really sort of like cancelled each other out. It wasn't great, though, was it? No, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't great. I mean, probably the the Isaac Davis had a good game. I thought took his goal well, didn't he? Took it. Took it really well. You know, yeah, mm. yeah. But he should possibly scored before that as well when he went one on one with the keeper. Mm. But um, I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't sort of. A, it was a typical cup game, wasn't it? That mm. we got used to over the years. It, like a little bit of stalemate. Most most teams now in these cup competitions don't take yeah. it out, put out their first eleven, do they? So for other players coming back from injury, you know, I think we sort of um, stumbled across the line. I probably think is a, a good way to describe it. Yeah. I never thought we'd get the winner. I must say, I I, I thought if anyone was going to get the winner, it probably would have been Preston. But um, it was a good breakaway in the end. With three or four, who could have scored it. But what what the thing with what I thought with it, Paul was. Um, uh, how the, how the cupboard was fairly bare, really, without Kiefer Moore and, and, and Ryan Giles. You know, there wasn't a lot to kind of cling on to there, really. Yeah, but Waters has come back as the striking options, possibly. I, I like I like the fact that the youngsters coming off the bench create an injection of pace. Yeah. Um, because I think that was lacking in the whole game. It was just pace, lack of atmosphere, oh, yeah. no fans. It was a slow, it was almost like watching a training game. I thought it was going back to those days when we were just watching those games at the start of um, when restart and no fans. It was a bit like that, like a training game with no no atmosphere, no tempo. Preston playing out from the back like we were trying to do. And it was just two teams who who looked quite similar. Um, They they didn't have much up front either. And that midfield, they had that guy in the middle who was quite useful. I think the guy who scored the penalty, Johnson. Yeah, he looks quite stylish, doesn't he? He was he was the player we didn't have um, creativity. Um, yeah, and it, the game lacked it. And I thought when the substitutions were made, it changed the game for us because we had better substitutions. Although Scott Sinclair came on for them, who looked quite useful too. Um, yeah. I thought our youngsters coming on changed the game a bit. And I like um, yeah Isaac Davis. What well, he showed that bit of. I don't go back to the Sheffield United game when he, he went past two or three and got to the byline. I, and I thought to myself, God, I haven't seen a Cardiff City winger do that for a long time. And he, he just looks like he's got something in there. Loads of potential. End product needs to be worked on, but he's only, was he 19, 20 years of age? If that first yeah. few starts, got his first senior goal. So he looks a real prospect to me. I like, I like the, the other kid who came off the bench as well, Evans. Yeah, he look. He looks busy. Looks a very useful little player. Ball, good control. Ball at his feet. Give and go. Sang good. Seeing Sang back too. He's another one. So they were good signs yesterday. And I, I, I yeah. I mean, the to me, the ch- substitutions changed the game yeah. for us. I, I tell you, um, uh, Richard, you might like this one. I tell you, who, who Isaac Davis slightly reminds me of more in his stature and his pace and anything else. You got a little little touch of Carl Dale in there, you know, for me. Carl Day was great though, wasn't he? Because he used to just spin off defenders and 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 it, it mm. run the it run the channels well. So he'd always be it would always be movement. 
So you'd always have that movement up front with him. Yeah. And Isaac Davis looks very similar, but ball at the feet, he looks very comfortable. I think he knows what he wants to do. I agree with what um, Mo said there about um, Tom Sang and, and Evans coming on as well. I think the youngsters, those couple of substitutions really did sort of like change the game, you know. And Mark Harris took his took his goal well. It was a good finish from him as well. So I think with with the with this sort of like crossover now with with the youngsters coming through, I think you still need that that spine of experience throughout the team. Mm. You can't go through you can't go through with a team of youngsters at the moment. You know, you, I think um, Connolly he's gone out on loan, hasn't he, to Bristol Rovers. Rovers. Yeah, and uh, I've got a good friend who supports Northampton Town. He told me that Simba came on on Saturday. He at the bar with his first touch. I brought a wow. good save out the keeper, and he, you know, he had a good sort of like twenty-five minutes for them. Yeah. So I think going out and playing third division football is going to benefit a lot of these youngsters. Yeah. And I think it's a good it's a good move for them to go get out on loan and play and play men's football. Yeah, I agree with you. And particularly James Connolly, he hasn't he hasn't he's never played a senior game. You know, he's captain in the no. under twenty-three. So to get some league experience, you know, is it, is going to be great going forward and. I suppose Sam, um, you know, you, you're, as the young the youngster on the panel, we'll talk about we'll talk about youngsters. But um, you know, in the past, we've had the, a couple of youngsters coming through, and we're lucky if we see them, you know, get five minutes. But we just got a whole kind of throng of, of youngsters at the moment, and we can even afford to let a couple go out on loan. So if we can stay up, I suppose that's that, that's the thing, Sam, isn't it? You know, if we can stay up and push on. I suppose that's what we got to hope for. Yeah, because I think obviously any success this season is a right off. It's just all about staying in the league. But if we can integrate youth players to be ready for next season, to be regulars in the starting eleven, mm. I think that's a success. And whether Morrison's our manager next season remains to be seen. But I feel like whoever the new manager is, a requirement of has got to be they'll continue to embed youth into the starting um, team and hopefully uh, players like Colwell and um, Sam Bowen and um, Kieran Evans and the like will just thrive in the first team next season and maybe push on a bit more and obviously they'll they'll be a year older and more mature and hopefully we'll see we'll see um more development in their game. I'm kind of half looking forward to the Swansea game as well, seeing that you know some of the young boys getting stuck in and uh, you know really going for it. It could could be quite exciting. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see we'll see how that how, how that one shapes up. What's, what's your thoughts on on, on Wintel, Paul? So far, yeah. I, I again, I, I was. I, he's one. I sorry, I didn't mention. I was again. It was good to see him back too mm, um, mm. on the pitch. He came off the bench, didn't he? I, I, I think I said before on this show that he, that was a baffling signing for me because he was twenty. He's twenty four. He played one game, didn't he, against Barnsley and and a cup game, and then he was loaned out, wasn't he? So, uh, 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 and we didn't make many signings in the summer. He was one of four, wasn't he, including one loan and. I just thought to myself, if you sign a player at 24, yeah. you're signing a player ready for the first team. So that baffled me a little bit. He went out on loan, but actually it may have worked in our favour because he's got good game time at Blackpool. And he looks, well, he looks like the type of player we've been missing. He's a little bit more mobile without being too um, disrespectful to our current uh, crop of central midfielders. Yeah. He, I think he's got a little bit about him with the mobility and passing. So I think he'll be a good addition to like be like a new signing, effectively. Him, him and Waters, I, I guess. Um, 
and they've had they've been playing football regularly um in mm. in in the last few months so that is very and, and especially winter at championship level so and and Waters has been scoring in league one or has been injured the last few weeks um until they could be ready next in the next week or two so again yeah. potentially two new signings for a club that's got no budget yeah very little budget that's probably going to be loans or free transfers this window those are two good additions i think going into a relegation battle because they've had the game time you've got to remember a lot of our youngsters mm. who came off the bench yesterday some of them have never been out on loan isaac yeah. davis yeah. He's, he's never he's, he's never been on loan so he's learning he's effectively learning on the job in a relegation battle in the championship which isn't yeah. easy i mean this is a bit of a really struggle ridiculous. inside yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a ridiculous comparison, but I, I remember when 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 Ernie first went out on loan and went to some team Green up in Scotland. Morton, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, some of us barely even heard of the club, but you know, mm. it turned out in his case, I suppose he's a great example of you know putting the kid out on 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 loan, uh, Paul, getting him getting them that experience, and then you know, give him giving him the rope to kind of push on, and you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but in his case, of course, it was a great great piece of work. Yeah, I think that the management of these young players is vital because all of a sudden we've got a very good crop of young players all around a similar age. And yeah. we're told with another good crop coming through the under 23s, under 18s, and, they, and, and most of them that have been introduced have been decent players. And Steve Morrison would have worked with these players for the last couple of years. So that he's, he's in good situ to know their character, know, know what they're capable of, etc. And he's surrounded himself now by it seems other good experienced football men like Hudson and Purse. So yeah, I think in the short term, it's, it's looking very good. It's nice to see young Welsh players for a change, not in yes, a white shirt, um, yeah. <laughs> but in a blue yeah. shirt yeah. That, that, you know, from the valleys or, or, or Cardiff or wherever they're from, but the young yeah. Welsh talent playing mm. for us eventually. I mean, it, it, when's the last crop of, we have, what was it? Ledley, Ramsey, Gunter, about, 12, 13 years ago. A few years ago now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it was about 2007, yeah, eight, yeah. was it? I think that's the last time we had a crop and that, of, of, of decent youngsters. So that is encouraging. I mean, that's the most encouraging thing for me this season. Yeah. But but ultimately, we have to stay in the championship. Yes. Uh, and uh, on that uh, topic, I've got a, a good question coming in now from Adam Jones, by the way. We'll come on to it in a second. I'll put it to all of you. But um, Sam, Ryan Giles, you know, Going back to Wolves, whether whether you'll get get much game time or not, but I suppose it's symptomatic of the uh, thinking of of the Premiership teams. You know, if COVID kicks in, you need some cover, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You, you may or may not play that much, but how much of a miss is he for Cardiff City? Do you think as as we go into this really difficult second half of the season? Oh, he's a huge miss um, in a team that lacks creativity. As is losing the joint top assister in the league is. We'll leave a void that I don't think we'll be able to fill with whoever we bring in. I think he's on nine assists this season. And um, just the quality of ball is consistent with him. You know he's going to find someone in the box nine times out of ten. And he's actually a rare bit of pace in the team, which is nice. But um, I just I do worry about how we're going to fill that void in the team because without him, I'm, I'm not sure where the creativity is going to come from because it's always going to be a case of ripping balls in because you have... Um, uh, tall players and they're all quite good in the air but I, we'd have to focus on signing someone at left wing back because the rumours are we're bringing in a right back from Leeds but 
left back is the problem position. Yeah, and we were linked with the the other lad who's a right back from Fulham as well, weren't we? Oh, um, Cyrus Christie. Yeah. So I don't know. May, I don't know. I was thinking, trying to think it through. I was wondering maybe we just thinking. I think when I when I played in school, they used to have one side would attack and it was like like a balance kind of thing. So yeah. maybe you have the one the one pushing on and then the one balancing it out. You know, maybe it could work the other way around on the right. But um, you know, it didn't it didn't work and nothing to do with Joel Bagan. I think he's a perfectly good left back, but I don't I don't think I don't think his his future is is playing further forward at wing back. Would you would you would you say um uh what do you think, Richard? Do you see do you see Bagan as maybe growing into that role or not? I'm not sure. No, I I just see him really more as a solid full yeah. back. I think he got into some really good positions yesterday and he just overhit the, the crosses. But, you know, the delivery uh, uh, delivery from dead ball situations is, is poor, really. You know, apart from Giles was the one who used whipped some decent crosses in, yeah. whipped some decent balls in. But from the other side, you know, we we do we do lack that that um, player can put a decent ball into the box, you know, take free kicks, set, you know, from set plays. Mm. like. But yesterday there were so many overhit crosses from both sides. You know, Perry and G sort of like surprised me because he's come from a good sort of like footballing academy, you know, in crew where they play football the, the right way. Hmm. You know, but he, he hardly gets forward. You know, yeah, and yeah. you know he doesn't get into positions to put decent balls in, which, so, so, which is a little bit surprising. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Dion Sanderson, when we had him, he was he was yeah, very good, yeah. kind of pushing on. But he is he is Paul. He's more more of an out and out wing back. Is it is Ng being played out of position as well? Do you think? I think he's a right back yeah, in I a four four two. I agree. Yeah, I agree. same as Began. I think he's a left back in a four four two. You're asking two players there to <laughs> to provide the width for the best header of the ball in the league, arguably in the whole whole, whole of the four leagues. Um, and, and a team that relies on set pieces and, and headers and corners. And you're asking two fullbacks to be wingbacks. That's why I think it's quite a crunch time. If we don't get Ryan Giles back, and there's a, potentially a rumour that he may come back at the end of the window. Wolves have recalled him because, well, Wolves have recalled him because of COVID and African Nations Cup because yeah. they've lost a couple of players who come back in early February. So mm. by the end of January... There could be movement, you know, you know, it's like right at the end of a window again. And he he can come back to it. He didn't come off the bench for Wolves yesterday, by the way. So he's not he's yeah. still eligible to go anywhere, even uh, including us, because um, you can only play for two clubs a season. Um, so if he'd have come on yesterday, he could have only come back to us. All right. That's a, um, that's a, what a good point that is. But he didn't he didn't come yeah, off the bench. Yeah. I was watching that. Just, just to say, sorry, sorry to be so sad, but no, no, no. That's that's a great, that's a really, that's a really good. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a good, good point. Uh, firstly, just to say, uh, but something we'll we'll all enjoy. I don't know whether he's still there now. I hope he is. Peter Kitchen has been has been watching the show tonight, and uh, I'm sure we all we all um, have a lot of regard for Peter Kitchen. Um, and uh, again, to reiterate, uh, uh, did you see him when he was a guest on the show, uh, Paul? You probably did. Did you? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the player. Fantastic, was... wasn't he? Just starting out my um my career as a fan, or my yeah. life sentence as a fan, I should say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he came up today and he scored. He scored in the game. He came his, his name just comes up all the time. I did it. You know, just was so well thought of by City fans. You know, mm. yeah, it brings back your memories as a kid. To you, does well, it? Yeah, d- yeah, very early yeah. memories. So I mean, I, I yeah, he was one of the he was one of the players I remember when I first started. Um, mm. um, yeah, standing on the Bob Bank. <laughs> 
with I my can, granddad. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah how much kick cans at the front? How much? We, how much we missed? How much? Well, how much most of us miss 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 the Bob Bank? Um, his book is great, by the way. If any city fans haven't haven't read it, you know, he, he talks about his time at Cardiff City in one section it was a really good read. Um, Adam Jones came through with with a question, which I think maybe you've seen, but I'll just come to you first. Uh, I'll come to you first, actually, Richard, on this one, and then uh, was around. Um, he says, if rumours are to be believed, and if there is a £10 million offer for Kiefer, uh, what are your thoughts? Do, do we take the money or, or, or not, Richard? Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell him. <laughs> not at the moment, unless we have sort of some ready-made striker in the, in the background who's going to score a lot of goals for us. No, you'd need somebody who's going to be able to convert those chances when they do come across. I, I agree with Sam, like what you said earlier about against Bournemouth, he had two really good chances, which he should have really put away. But it's, all depends on the club, doesn't it? So, you know, um, I quite like Collins. I think he works hard, but he's not an out, and he doesn't seem to be an out-and-out out goal scorer. No. I mean, Kiefer Moore got 20 goals last season, and that's, you know, that's priceless in this division. And when you yeah. see the price of the money that some of these players go for, I mean, yeah. McBurney, he went for, what, what 20 million? He's, he's half the player, Kiefer Moore. You know, so I personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't sell him. He's still, he's still on the contract with ourselves. Do we need to sell? That's that's the big thing. Well, that, that unless, is, that's unless, the question. Unless we, can bring, unless we can bring four or five players in. Yeah, well, um, I'll come to Paul last on this because I'm sure he's going to have quite an interesting response to this. Um, Sam, what's your thoughts on Kiefer Moore? So someone, come, some, someone comes in tomorrow, you know, Bournemouth, fair enough, in the same division list, but looking pretty well nailed on. £10 million, you know, we'll take him off your hands and there's still three weeks to go, the transfer window. Um, it's probably an unpopular opinion, but i bite their hand off. There'll be no, I'm thinking... We won't be able to sell him next year, probably, because he'll have no resale value because he's 29. He's getting on a bit. He's, he probably will only get less of a player, which is a massive uh, assumption, but it's just how it usually goes. Um, our new transfer policy tends to be signing younger people and then hopefully and being hopeful they develop into a really good player, which is a risky strategy. But I just feel like with the way we're going and the lack of funds we have already, in a COVID market, ten million for a twenty-nine-year-old striker who hasn't had the best of seasons. I, I think we'd have to take it. I, I don't think we'd be left with much of a choice, really. So, uh, Paul, do you want to come on on that? Be amazed if it was ten million. Um, at that age, I, I can understand Bournemouth gambling a bit because they're one of probably three, four clubs who are going who are chasing the top two, and that. 70, 80, 90 million and guaranteed power super. So it, it would be a structured gamble for them. I can't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought it'd be 10, maybe more towards the five or six that was rumoured in the summer when Wolves were a million or two apart on their valuation. I think they offered three, didn't they? Or and, and the club wanted six. Look, I mean, if, if any club offers a few million pounds up front for Kiefer Moore, I think the way the club's budget is being run now with the with the with the outside influence of the new CEO in Bajaya, I think he would be sold. Pretty certain. Um I think Bournemouth, Bournemouth looking for a proven championship goal scorer, that would be a good fit. Um so I think there's potential in that one. And I, I see bids for him coming this window because I don't think he's been the same player this season since his head was turned thinking he was on his way to Wolves. Um, 
he's proven you give him the service. He's a goal scorer. He's, pro- he's proved it this season when he when you get the ball wide and put the ball in the box like the Huddersfield game. He's he's one of the best headers of the ball in in all four leagues for me. Um, so proven on international stage as well. Yeah, twenty nine. That's the only downside. But if you if you're Bournemouth and you're gambling going back up this season against Fulham or West Brom, West Brom just signed a striker. Fulham to sign who they like. I think Bournemouth will make a move in the market for a striker. And he would definitely be a potential. Um, We've lost so much creativity from last season's squad, remember. He doesn't get the same service this season as he did last year. We've lost, who do we lose? All those wingers. We've Harry Wilson, Junior Hoylet, Murphy's gone out. Um, We've lost so much creativity. We're not the same team. We're relying on, we were relying on Ryan Giles to put the balls in the box for Kiefer. Okay, Isaac Davis has got a chance. Joe Rawls' delivery at set pieces is good, but he ha- he doesn't have the same... He's frustrated. You can see when he's playing, he's throwing his hands in the air. He's a, He just doesn't look the same player for me this season. And, and I know we're in a relegation battle, but I think if, if there were X amount of millions on the table, I think the club would sell him. Richard, I think with any player. Just, if, say, Bournemouth, so they do come in and they come in with a cash offer, well, maybe it might be a cash offer plus a couple of players. Which might yeah, work in yeah. a sort of like our favour. Yeah. Like sometimes you do have these where they'll do a deal and, and players come in the opposite direction. But I, I agree. We have lost creativity. You know, we lost Ojo. We lost Wilson, Junior Hoylet. You know, we've lost three sort of like quality players yeah. who can put the and not forgetting Tomlin as well. Yeah. You know, I know we didn't see a lot of Tomlin last season, but. You know, fitly Tomlin in this league is is a quality footballer. You know, and he's got that that he had that ability to to unlock defenses. You know, it's a shame that his contract got paid up, and a few weeks later we sacked McCarthy. You never know where he might have, he might have had a similar bounce that he had under Neil Harris if he could get himself fit. And you know that was the key with Lee Tomlin, wasn't it? To keep himself fit. Yeah, I mean that one season when he was fit, he was just he was just a joy, wasn't he? You know, he was you know miles above he was, yeah. for just about everyone else in, in the squad. But you know, who knows what he's doing now? Whether he whether he'll play professional football again? Uh, right. Who who, kn- who knows on that one? But um, there's comments coming in. I, I don't know whether you want to have a look at some of them. They're pull- I'm talking about about the key for more thing, you know, uh, and talking about essentially, you know. I suppose hinting at that that's okay. We spend the money wisely, but I don't think a lot of people would bank our money on that happening. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> but there's so much. There's so much um, balance sheet to be made with COVID and and the club losing so much money. They've done yeah. really well yeah. in cost cutting, yeah. paying up Tomlin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, there are, I mean, this this season is is huge, isn't it? With about nine or ten players coming up out of contract. Is Kiefer Moore one of them? He is, isn't he? Oh, no, he's not. Season. Okay, okay. Um, but a number of first team regulars are coming up to um, having their contracts renewed, yeah, or not. Um, and there's been no announcement. I mean, we're in January now, so any all of those players, Rolls, Flint, Smithies, Pack, Volks. All of those, uh, Vassell, I think it's a, a, this, at least eight or nine. They could all now make pre-contract arrangements with any club. Um, 
and to me, I mean, Rawls would be a, a, a would be the absolute necessity to to tie down to a new contract, make him club captain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah. It just all depends on the budget. Are they, uh, are they going to give him the same wages or more? I I can't see it. That it's 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 a very 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 difficult situation the club is in. It's mm-hmm. it's a bit in limbo with the finances really. Yeah, and we're going to have to rely on youngsters and frees and loans for some time to come. I don't want to go into this in too much detail because it's kind of a tough one, but obviously, you know, we still got that case, which still needs to be resolved as well. So there's, you know, there's yeah, potentially there's uh, other outgoings to come. Yeah. First yeah, yeah. Of March, I think yeah. it is. There's a hearing so, coming up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but I don't want to go too, too, yeah. too close to that one at the moment. because Well, that's another through. part of the balance sheet that, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's very difficult. And I suppose you got, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, uh, you've got to allow for unexpected contingency spending um i don't i don't see you know everything to me says the club aren't spending any money you know kind of pretty well full stop really apart from bringing back the loan players and maybe looking at one or two loan players coming in at best i would guess going on to Vassal, um sam you know again without wishing you know uh, ill will towards him you know he's not looking Likely, likely to play a significant role at Cardiff City. So, and here we are in the January window when he reads out a contract at the end of the season. I guess, you know, aren't we knocking on the door of, you know, should, shouldn't there be some sort of agreement uh, discussed at least, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I, I just want to say it's, it's a real shame, to be honest, because when he of comes it in, is, yeah. he, um, I, I probably know it was all, it was unsure how good he would be, but we expected to see him more than we have. And his first game came on against Luton, scored the winner in like the 92nd minute. And then we were thinking, oh, what, what a great sign this will turn out to be. And um, and injuries got the better of him. And we've just probably seen him play less than three or four games with Cardiff. And he signed about three years ago now. And it's just not, not gone the way either party would have hoped. But I think you're probably right in terms of thinking about an agreement of, of some sort with him. But um, it's just a shame, really, because I would, I would like to have seen him kick on because he's had that, he has blistering pace, and which is something we could really have done with now. Yeah. But um, no, I, I think, yeah, obviously his time is uh, done with us, unfortunately. Well, I mean, if, if, we, if we, I don't know what the situation was with Lee Tomlin. You know, I suppose we can all we can all uh, imagine what it might have been. But uh, you know, if if he was paid off, I, I suppose Paula gets to a stage, doesn't it, where the player is there's a duty of care and on all the rest of it. But you know, doesn't it come to a point? Well, yeah, these these players, I'm sure there are negotiations going on with Vassell, but he's quite entitled to sit there until the end of June and, and take his salary until his contract ended. I mean, in, in my view, it was crazy to give a three-year contract to a, mm. a player with a history of injuries. He's never played a full season. He's, he's, he's always been an injury-prone player, and we gave him a three-year contract. Again, this is the price we're paying for these type of contracts that were given that have been given in the past and all the money that's been spent in the past. Um, and now we're paying, I wouldn't say paying the price of it, but the club at some point that a single person investor in the club is going to have to say, I, that, that has to stop. You have to be self-sustainable and it has to come from within, which I, I think is fair. Um, so, and that's what we're doing. So that uh, Vassell is a, is a, um, even Tomlin are massive examples of where the club were and where the club is probably never going to go again, 
not under this yeah. leadership anyway. Um, so, so I mean, I'm sorry to be the, but that's just the way I see it. Yeah, well, you talk a lot of sense there, I think. Um, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I just kind of doubt we're going to see him playing for us uh, again. And I just can't see it, you know. Hope I'm hope hope I'm wrong. Um, the, the the cup draw was kind of interesting, you know. Um, that uh, we <laughs> scraped past um, some team up northwest, and we got another team, some other team up northwest. Sam, you know, picked out the hat. I am so happy we finally got a, a draw that we all kind of excited about. The last the last few years, the cup has been nothing draws really. Preston home was a bit of a a, bo- a boring draw for everyone involved. Um, Ideally, you want one of the a big teams in the Prem or maybe a lower league team away just to make it a bit more exciting, a thing a bit different. But the worst case scenario is always a team in your league. But we've been rewarded with a a big one, a bit of a trip to Anfield, which I'm sure eight thousand odd Cardiff fans can't wait for. Uh, I'll definitely be getting my ticket, and I'm sure it'll be an occasion. And maybe I'm being over optimistic. Hopefully, we'll knock them out. Knock them out the cup. Well, we, 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 that league cup final, we ne- we nearly did it, didn't we? Apart from yeah, that, yeah. that penalty from uh, uh, Mr. Gerrard's cousin, yeah. but you know. Well, obviously, given it was any other top six team, I would I doubt it more. But Liverpool have a history of playing youngsters in the cup. Yeah, you um, never know. Yeah. Shrewsbury took the lead against them in the the last round, so I feel like obviously we're better than Shrewsbury, even if it's not by much. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, if, Maybe the optimist in me thinks an upset might be on the cards. What's the situation? Does it, do anyone does anyone know? Maybe I don't know, uh, Paula Richard. If you know, what's the situation in terms of um, financially for the club? Like Liverpool, what's a hold about sixty thousand or something like that? Maybe more. Do we get like a fifth of the take or something? Is we, that right? We get fifteen percent okay. tickets up yeah. to, and we get forty five percent gate receipts and TV money. I suppose if it's selected. Yeah. It should be later this week, and then we'll know the kickoff time and date. But it potentially is a million pound game. Wow! So, so it's great that it's away, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think the club breathed a sigh of relief there that it yeah. was away, and and to a a top four Premier League yeah, couldn't really um, get a better one. I, I don't think they could have. Yeah, in fact, the CEO of Bajaya, um, Jali Jali Jalil Rashid, is a Liverpool fan, and he said, "Dream draw." He's, and he's getting a, he's getting a half and half scarf. Oh, is he? Uh, we don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not so sure. I'm not so sure about yeah. those half and half scarves. Well, and... you know, that's that's. I'm only I'm only I'm only reporting what he said. I'm I'm not making any. <laughs> but I mean, you can see why he'd be pleased about it, though, couldn't you? I mean, financially, absolutely. It's a per, almost a perfect draw away from home, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, we probably we probably lose. You know, probably lose fairly fairly comfortably but um in terms of bringing some revenue back in it, it, it's good news and it brings some interest in in, in cardiff city and, and it's a great trip i wonder i don't know what mark drayford will make of the make of the cup draw but maybe we won't go into that one just now <laughs> he probably had border controls on it or rose leaving leading north there'll be, be police sort of like turning us back well the health minister hinted today that the lady health minister hinted that the sporting sanctions might only be in place as long as they're as needed. So oh, I yeah. think that was a hint because the Six Nations is coming up in a few weeks, the first oh, course. Yeah. And that's worth so much money, not just to um, WIU and hospitality locally, yeah. it's it's also for the government. 
I think there could be some movement on that. Oh well, I hope so. And obviously, mm. that will be down to the figures. Well, the are, are you saying are you saying that that, that, that you know there might be because because it's rugby, there might be more more likely to go ahead. I, I wasn't being that cynical. I was just um, I was just saying that she made a hit, and they're norm they're normally hints by tweet or something or something's come. But she actually made a statement on the news today that yeah. uh, sporting sanctions because they're, they're getting a lot of um, flack over it, aren't they? And there was this Chester yeah. thing as well on there where they're grounding Wales. And, yeah, yeah, which is a bit weird. Which was quite interesting. Just yeah. away from Liverpool, of course. <laughs> the thing with the Liverpool uh, tie, uh, Richard, um, you know, it was one of my one of my personal bugbears. I can't remember what game it was, but I went out to see. It was uh, City were playing away in some, a game a couple of years ago, and I went. To, I went to a pub to watch a match, and I'm in. I'm in the pub, and there's there's City on the one TV, and then there's Liverpool in some European game on the other. You know, and it was, it was almost like a draw for the number of shirts in there, Cardiff and Liverpool. I imagine for for that match, there'd be quite a lot of people actually travelling up from Cardiff to watch Liverpool. You know, hopefully in their in their eyes beat Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like when we had the, we played them in the League Cup, wasn't it, back in two thousand and seven. Ben Turner won. And um, yeah, we had I think we I think we had about eight and a half thousand up there plus mm. various pockets of supporters all over uh, all over Anfield that night. Mm. And the, the amount of some of the coaches going up from South Wales, you know, supporting Liverpool, supporting a team which is what two hundred miles away from you only got a perfectly good side on your doorstep to, to support. It was bad enough in the was it the uh, League Cup final. And neighbours knocking my door. Can you get me a ticket? Uh, no, no. You, if you want a ticket, go to like the rest of them. Yeah. So you're not getting a ticket. You're not having a ticket off me. You know. Yeah. I said, who do you support anyway? He goes Liverpool. You know, you've got no chance, mate. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just horrible. You know. I mean, it's bad enough when I used to live up in London. I used to make a make a pilgrimage every Saturday to Nidian Park or some desolate northern ground to go and watch them play. And you know, you get people who who live sort of like few yards away from the ground and they can't be bothered yeah you, i mean you still got that kind of accent there richard yeah so what, yeah i've never had that i doubt i'd lose it what's the situation were you you know were you, were you born in cardiff then you moved up there and came back or how's it work no i was born, I was born up in a place called dunstable my okay. dad's but that's in pontefree he's a mass, right. he was a massacre he was a massive cardiff city fan so and my grandfather was so that was it i had no choice really and to be honest, you know, I was the only kid in my school with a blue, yellow, white bar scarf and who, who thought I was John Buchanan on the playground. Everyone oh, else wanted well to be Kevin Keegan. Yeah, well done. I mean, I, I want to ask Sam about that as well as a student, you know, because you're surrounded by sort of, um, I don't know, 18 to 21 year olds or wherever they are on, on your course. And um, it's so convenient, isn't it, to have like a so-called, you know, premiership club, you know, your you, you chosen club. Um, and, and there you are, you know, standing up for, for Cardiff City. Is there something that bugs you at all, Sam? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when, when you're younger, I understand it to a more extent because obviously, when you're like 10 and all your friends are supporting Man United, Liverpool, and you're supporting Cardiff, it's obviously you have a bit of banter about that. But I'll never understand not supporting your local. I, I just think, like, it's, it's, the, it's, a, it's part of your, your community, it's part of your culture. I just immerse yourself in it. I mean, but I can imagine, I, I can already picture all the South Wales um, fa fans uh, going up there in their red shirts. And I'm just thinking, I'm dreading it, to be honest. But um, 
Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm not a massive fan. But when um, I was in the pub when the draw was announced and there's a few Liverpool fans in there and they were going, oh, I can't wait to go up there. I was thinking, oh, just don't bother. I'd rather you not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, each, each to their own. But I, I'd honestly, you know, as a Cardiff City fan, then I'd have way more respect for a Swansea City fan than I would for somebody who just, you know, claims to support some some premiership side. It's, it's, it's more, more realistic to me altogether. Richard, you still with us? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Have we left? Have we lost Paul temporarily? I'm not, not quite sure. And um, we got um, there's a game tomorrow, of course. Reading, Reading Fulham. Uh, it's I think that's tomorrow night. So that's got that's that's got a bearing um, yeah. on, on things as they shape up. Although they should hopefully safely lose to to Fulham. But who, who's your three to go down, Richard? Um, my three to go down. I think I still think Derby will go. Yeah. Hopefully. Um. I can see um, Barnsley and Peterborough being the other two. I think I think the games that we've got against those sides are going to be crucial. I'm red in a way. Yeah, you know, I think be, I think I think we need to pick up points to those teams around us. Really, that you know we're in a sort of like a mini league now, down at the bottom, and we need to pick up points against the sides there or there around us. I know like six pointers. That's a it's a, it's a great word, isn't it? But, it's, but there's, there's a lot of six-pointer games yeah. there. Obviously, we still got to play Derby home and away. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, because that's you know, not been rearranged yet. I don't think has it been one of them. No. I don't think. I think it might be interesting to see what happens to some of their players now in this in this yeah. this period because obviously they're still under administration. Yeah. So you know, there's going to be bids going to be coming in for some of their players. So you know, that's the true. administrator yeah. makes the, the administrator is the person who makes the decision whether they whether they're going to sell or not, doesn't he? So. Yeah. Does it come down to Rooney? Does it come down to anyone involved in with Derby County? It comes down to the administrator themselves because they're there to, to reclaim monies. Yeah. And, and Paul, of course, we're into January now. There's always a chance of some snow, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Forgot that. It depends when they rearrange the Derby game because, yeah, we've got to play in the home. It's the last game of the season away, isn't it? Too. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. That, be, that's um, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. But thankfully, they were minus 21. And if it wasn't for that Reading minus, uh, we'd be in the bottom three, wouldn't we? So Absolutely, yeah. 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 We're just talking so, about the Reading have got a match tomorrow, of course. Yeah. Okay. It's Fulham, so hopefully well, now, they're now, now we Now we all look at the bottom six, eight teams, don't we, and see what is that <laughs> kind of, like you said, the mini-league um, scenario. So, um, yeah. And of course, we've got the, got the Blackburn uh, game coming up, which unfortunately, again, is going to be in front of, in front of no, no, no supporters. I don't know whether... Um, any of you got any opinion on that? Because, you know, with, with Neil Harris that time and there were no supporters we pushed on and maybe because there was nobody shouting abuse at the players, I don't know what it was, but we kind of, we, we went really well. But there's pros and cons, I guess. So would you say, Richard, with that? Yeah, there is. I, 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 to be honest, I think, you know, as a crowd, we've always been critical. You know, it's always been a difficult club to play for. If you're yeah. a player, you know, you can't, it's certainly not a club where you could go through the motions at. I think people, you know, people expect people to put a shift in when you pull on that shirt. And that that's a bare minimum, but that's that's to be a bare minimum for any club you play for. But for us, you know, we we are pretty um if someone doesn't put a shift in, you know, the, like the Bob Bank when there was like two and a half thousand of us rattling around, there was no place to hide for, for wingers. You know. No. <laughs> so Jeff Jeff Charlie used to take a lot of stick. So did Pat Hurd. Well they didn't they used to just like stand there and do nothing, didn't they? So uh I suppose that the latter-day equivalent of um, appearing to not put a lot of effort in, uh, Paul, would be someone like Josh Murphy, I suppose. So um, he seems to be out injured now, so it doesn't look like any likelihood of him coming back. But it's 
it's kind of a weird one, that isn't it? You know, 10 and a half, 11 million pound player, and he's probably never going to play for us again, you know. Again, yes, that's I came back to what I said earlier about with the, the sign ins and the money, and that, yeah, yeah. Josh, Josh Murphy is another example that we spent, yeah, 10, 11 million pounds on, and in six months' time, we lose him for nothing, sure. uh, having paid all of his wages for four years add on to that so i mean it's it's just crazy that's why it's it's again he was another one there was a player in there wasn't there somewhere on, definitely on, in in short bursts and particularly in the premier league i thought he looked quite yeah, good yeah yeah in in in, in patches um <laughs> and he's a player we could have done with this season um with, with lack of width pace in the side He's a player we really, really, really could have done with. And again, if you haven't got the des- desire mentality, or it's just if it isn't within you, it's a bit like the Tomlin situation as well. If it, it's just these players that we seem to sign them or used to sign them, didn't we? These players that you need to, I don't know, do they need a particular man management character? Do they need, a, I, I don't really know because obviously we don't see them day to day, but yeah, difficult. Bakuna may be the same. You know, you could potentially put him in that category. Um, So, yeah. But, yeah, interesting times ahead because I think the last 20-odd games of the season are going to be, um, it's going to be a battle. I think we'll have enough to stay up just, um, thankfully, with those point deductions and and a Peterborough's and Barnsley's around. Um, But, yeah, we need seven or eight wins. We need to get to late 40s in points, so we need about seven or eight wins in what? 20-odd, 22 games. So, If we look at the first half of the season, that's, you know, that's still a fairly, fairly good ask. But, yeah. <laughs> Isn't yeah, especially, especially with the home form. Yeah. So, Paul. Uh, um, uh, Sam, you know, how, how do you feel about it? Are you, are you, are you confident we're going we're gonna to stay up? Yeah, but not through our quality. I think it's just the lack of quality below us. I'm, I just think uh, the teams below us are so poor. Uh, but Barnsley... I've had a massive fall from grace considering they finished in the playoffs last year. Um, Peterborough just seemed devoid of quality and Darby have obviously been unlucky with a point deduction. But um, I think we'll be okay. I, I think we're going to have to stay up. But um, I, yeah, I, there's, there's always a chance though that Derby carry on this great run. And I, I, however unlikely it may be, it, it's, it's always, they've got a siege mentality at the minute. And, they've got nothing to lose, have they really? Oh, and they mm-hmm. do. They play like it as well. They, they yeah. do worry me every time I watch them. Like they score, they were two 0 down against Redden, I think the other day, and they come back to all. And I just they do play like they got nothing to lose. And mm. I, they, I always have them in the back of my mind. Those look at their results because I, I have a funny feeling they might just sneak up on us. Yeah, I think well, just uh, I think the Bristol City game next week is huge because if we beat them, yeah. I think it drags them in. That's a really big game because yeah. they're not in great form. And uh, uh, there could be one or two other clubs above us to be dragged in. And Bristol City are one of the potentials, I think. So that next week is a huge game. So uh, that's, a, that's a bigger game than the cup game, Bristol City. Oh, that's the, one, oh, that's the sure, game yeah. I'm more focused on. I'm not, really, to be honest, I'm not really too bothered about Liverpool away in the FA Cup a few years ago, I would have been. But mm. I'm more interested now what what we've got coming up, really. You know, Bristol City, like you say, most massive. And if we go there and beat them, mm. you know, that's... That you know that could be a little bit of a spring step as well. No, sorry, I was just going to say because you got your blue shirt on. I just what I, I just remember. I got to ask you about this. I think it's seven years ago uh, today. Is it since we went back into blue? I wonder if you've had any thoughts on that. I thought that was just a momentous day, wasn't it? After like a, a nightmare 
two and a half seasons in in red. But I think I think it was that cup game, wasn't it, against Colchester? We played Colchester in one the Friday night, and there was hardly anyone there. And I think that was that was the moment where I think Mr. Tam realised that something had to be done because people were not going to. I I was very I'm in an hurry whether I was going to renew the following season. I've had a season ticket since '89, and I was I was you know I was in that that position where do I really want to go? It just didn't feel it didn't feel like I was watching my club anymore. How, how did it make you feel as a, you know as a City fan? How did it actually? You know, it's a weird thing, isn't it? The colour of the shirt. How did it make you feel as a fan? I, I just, I just felt completely detached, really, from a club I've, I've grown up wearing a blue shirt. You know, it was the badge. The badge yeah. was the worst thing about it as well, yeah. and it, it was the way it was actually enforced. It was, it was forced upon us. You know, I think probably a few years prior, a couple of years before that, someone actually tried to say, "Right, we're changing the colour of the kit." That would never have happened. It, it just wouldn't have been allowed. I just think people just want people just wanted Premiership football, and hmm. there's a there's a way and going about it, wasn't it? And obviously, Mackay then was given that he was given the wad of cash that Dave Jones never had. Yeah, uh, Paul, Paul, do you want to come in on the on on the uh, will always be blue thing? Yeah, well, it was a, it was a I think it was a big well, it was a huge mistake by the yeah. by the young man. In fairness, it's probably one of his. The biggest and and I'm sure he looks back and thinks I shouldn't have done that, but it, pride wouldn't do say that. But it was it, there were circumstances at the time. There was a power struggle with Sam and Man, and it was there, there were circumstances around it. It was wrong. It was corrected. Um, it's it's we've moved on. Thankfully, I know some fans haven't since. But yeah, yeah. They, there you go. I mean, it, it, look. It happens in in US in franchise football. It's it's quite common in in other. I, I know in British football and heritage tradition, etc. You shouldn't yeah. interfere with, and and that's fair enough. Um, it shouldn't have happened. It was corrected, and we and we thankfully were back to blue, and we've moved on. But but yeah, uh, would you? I mean, you know, I'll say it as nicely as possible. But do you do you think it's um, it happens sometimes with? Um, uh, people with, with money who take over football clubs, and maybe there's to some extent, and I'm and I mean in, and I mean in terms of sporting heritage, really a certain degree of kind of cultural ignorance. Would you would you, would you say? I would I would say yeah. I think, but I, I suppose before football clubs were owned by local businessmen, weren't they? Yeah. So like Tony Tony Clamer was was a prime example who said that Cardiff City was an institution in South Wales, so it's either his business or the club. So his business went and he saved Cardiff City. Well, within reason, but um, but now obviously football is a is, is a global game now, isn't it? In in terms of, of TV revenue, the leagues, you know, we play in probably the best, probably the most competitive league, out you know outside the Premier League, really. You know, so it's, our league is 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 the best league to be in. I prefer being in a Championship. I didn't I didn't enjoy the Premiership years either. No, no, you know. But um, I just think that maybe it. It needs local people on the board as well, just to to, to reintegrate, to reiterate what you know what the club needs to people. I think the league should have rules um, on owners yeah. coming in, foreign investors, etc. I think there should be rules against changing, um, and there should be a procedure step to take, not just I'm doing it and it's done. Um, I think there should be some form of um, due diligence, uh, maybe voting by the fans. I don't think you should be able to just do that. 
to 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 ruin a hundred odd years of tradition, except I just think there should be some system in place. Which I know they got fit and proper fit for permanent fit. You know the the tests against the owners, etc., yeah. which they had with the Saudis taking in over Newcastle. I think there should be something to do with badges and club colours and and things like that as well. I think there should be some protection. So I just want to go for the final word on this to a second-year sports journalism student who's also interested in podcasting. This is quite an interesting one, isn't it, Sam? What's your, what's your take on what Paul says? quite interesting, I think. Well, in terms of um, the, the owners? In, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, limitations, I suppose, and uh, having to be kind of, uh, you know, um, fit for purpose in terms of understanding what the football clubs that they're coming into are, are, are about. Well, yeah, I, I think there has to be some sort of restrictions on them because they can't just come in and ruin, like um, Paul said, like loads of years of history. And like I think Hull's owner a few years ago wanted to change into Hull Tigers and that was met with massive backlash. And luckily for them, that, that didn't happen. But um, I, I do I do feel like there isn't much... They can sort of just... These tycoons can come in and do what they want or as they please, really, or and just sort of... Uh, ruin not not ruin probably a bit dramatic but have such disregard for historical um, clubs and things like that so I think they do need to have some sort of restrictions on them okay and there's a good podcast in there for you Sam if you want to think it through you know think about your module now think now yeah. just to, just to, uh, to to close off I'll just spin around I'll, I'll stick with you for now Sam and a very very brief response uh, if we could sa- f- sign a player in one position in the transfer window, what would it be? I'd pick, I'd pick a winger, I think. Even though we do need a left-back, we have no width uh, um, in the forward areas. I think that has to be priority number one. OK, Richard? I'd sign a creative midfielder. Someone who can take dead balls, who can pick passes. Somebody just Someone in the Graham Kavanagh, sort of like Peter Whittingham mode. Someone that we haven't got. If only. If only. Yeah. Uh, Paul? I think it would depend on what system he's going to play. Because I think that's going to be interesting now. Is it 4 4 2 off 3 yeah. 5 whatever, 5 3 2, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think I'd agree with Richard. Creative midfield, I think, is where we lack the most. If we kept everybody, it'd be a creative midfielder. A box to box, if you like, more, but maybe Wintel is the man. I don't know. And we'll see. And let's hope we also we also manage to keep Kiefer Moore. I think that would be uh, quite important. And even Ryan Giles comes back. That'd be fantastic if that would happen. Anyway, uh, thanks all for tonight. Great show. And speak to you soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank Again. you. The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff, 02920-483-615. The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff, 02920-483-615. That's Cardiff, 02920-483-615. The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920-483-615. That's Cardiff 02920-483-615.